Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. You need to be very careful about the market you choose. If you want to be at the top of the legal profession, you need to have the very best grades possible. You always want to put yourself with the best group you possibly can. Let's talk about the 18 most important decisions um, you need to make in your career. Now, for those of you um, that are uh, more senior, um, I'm going to pound through these uh, uh, early career decisions right now uh, fairly quickly, just because, uh, not very quickly, but I'm not, and they will benefit you because they, they're going to set the stage for decisions you can make later. If you are in law school right now, this is, uh, or before law school, this will, these will help you uh, as well. And uh, if you didn't go to a good law school, don't let this stuff discourage you. A lot of times what happens is I start talking about this stuff early on. And I think um, I can always see when I, when I um, talk about un- unpleasant topics, uh, when someone starts talking to me about an unpleasant topic, I just don't want to hear it. Like, you know, I'll have, I've had law firms hire me uh, and they're paying me a lot of money. I mean, $4,000 an hour to talk to them about their law firm. And uh, I'll get partners on the phone and I'll be like talking to them and we'll be like, 30 minutes in and I'll be going, boom, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And they'll, they'll want to get off. They'll be like, okay, I've heard enough. I, I, you know, like I can't take it. And so I'm not trying to put you in that decision. Um, and they literally will be like, okay, I mean, uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, my phone's ringing. Oh, I just got, you know, this get scared. And it is scary. It is scary when you hear negative information, but the only way to change is to hear uh, negative information. So the first decision, what law school will you attend? So law school choice is very important and has long-tier um, consequences. Uh, this is a very sad story. There's a lot of them. I've got a lot of sad stories like this. Uh, but years ago, I was a law professor. I, again, I was a law professor. My first year uh, after my clerkship, I started being a law professor right away because I wanted to beef up my resume and look good and impressive to potential clients. You should do everything you can to look good to potential clients and look good on your resume. Why wouldn't you? Uh, if I could be a law professor and my free time or, you know, when, why wouldn't I? I mean, who wouldn't uh, to look good? So I taught a class at a fourth year law school and one of my students graduated first in his class. He had gotten a perfect score nearly on his um, LSATs and he was from uh, a military family in, um, I believe, in Virginia somewhere. I think he'd gone to uh, Virginia Tech or something, didn't know anything about uh, law schools was from a kind of a background, you know, again, you, in order to know the prestige law of law schools, you pretty much have to go to a really good college. And the, I mean, there's all sorts of things um, that are important or your parents have to be from that background. So after he got his perfect score, um, he got a letter in the mail offering um, a full ride uh, to this law school without even applying and uh, money for living expenses and all this. And he couldn't believe it. And so he accepted the offer. He signed the, the letter that came in the mail. They just bought his law school from the law school. I mean, the law school probably just bought his name from the admissions office. He accepted the offer and enrolled and never applied to any law school. This was a very bad decision. So this law school was ABA approved. But when he graduated, he wasn't able to get a position with a law firm of more than 10 people. And um, I met with him on several occasions. And he kept saying, well, why can't I get a job at Latham? Why can't I get a job at, uh, and again, Latham actually is a really good firm. They, they would look at him. Uh, Latham I have a lot of respect for because they will uh, look at people from all backgrounds if you do really well. They're just looking for exceptional people. So I shouldn't even say Latham. I don't even know who's talking about Latham. But he was, you know, why couldn't I get a job at, you know, one of these top firms? I was very clear with him. I mean, and again, Latham, maybe he would have been able to get a job when he was in school. I mean, but 
um, you know, once you start and you don't do a summer associate job, it becomes very difficult to get in any top firm. Um, the point is, is, and again, that's a, a special type of firm that is very good and will open the doors to anyone that does well. But uh, the point is that most top firms, you have to be a summer associate. So the point is, I met with this guy on several occasions. He wanted a job and I would have take him out to lunch and uh, mentor, was mentoring him. And then one of them is because he, he wanted to get in these summer firms, the freaking guy started crying. And I mean, this kind of stuff hurts me. And, you know, he was a, um, wow. I mean, you know, again, from a military family. So this was like a tough guy, like, you know, and um, and he was upset because, he, you know, I told him I can't place you in one of these top firms. You know, his law school uh, and not having been a summer associate in a major firm was a black mark on his record. So, by the way, it uh, doesn't matter where you go to law school, but if you want to be an attorney in a law firm, you do need to be a summer associate, at least after your second year. Even if you ask them if I can do this for free, can I be a summer associate for free? I mean, just having that is helpful because it shows you want to work in a law firm. And it's very difficult to get hired by a firm unless you do that. And if you're not getting a summer associate job, you need to apply to every firm in America. I mean, you need to do whatever the heck you can. I'm just telling you, it's important. But this guy, um, you know, ended up doing kind of low budget insurance defense work. Um, and today, um, you know, he's out. He has a small firm with another attorney he went to law school with. Again, started crying because that was, you know, why why can't I get a job with a big firm when I'm, you know, first in my class? This 150 plus or 200, 300, I don't know what it was, person law school. So going to a good law school, uh, the best one you can get into, is important. Uh, does it hold you back the rest of your career? Absolutely not, uh, because you can still get business and build your way up. But it's definitely going to hurt you in the short run. Uh, the other thing, too, just about law schools is, um, and this is just a quick aside, I don't want to waste a lot of time on this, but you always want to put yourself with the best group you possibly can, because you will rise to the expectations sorts of people in that group have for each other. Uh, so people in your group are going into great jobs, with state departments a great job, if uh, great in-house jobs are going on to partnerships and other huge bigger firms and things, that's probably a sign that you're going to that's a good group to be with. You join a firm like, you know, Wachtel or something, obviously those people have big expectations. Um, the next decision you make is how hard you're going to work in the law school and the grades you get. So uh, depending on your first and second semester grades you get when you're in law school, uh, the better you do, the better. I got to law school. I didn't know uh, my first semester how important grades were. I thought, wow, I'm at this great law school. Look, everyone gets into a great firm from here. I'm set, you know, and not true. You know, if you want to start at the legal profession, uh, you need to have the very best grades possible. So I'll just tell you myself. I mean, I'm not afraid to telegraph weakness. Um, I did not have great first semester grades. I was blown away. I couldn't believe that anybody would have the audacity to give me a B in something uh, because I wasn't used to that. And, uh, and the next semester, I got incredible grades. I've just worked all the time. But the point is, is that, you know, if you want to be at the top of the legal profession, you need to have the very best grades possible. And your grades are very important, especially your first semester grades. And, uh, and even at the best law schools, they're important. I've seen people, I, I mean, I've, it's unbelievable. I've seen people from the University of Chicago, Stanford, Michigan's other top schools with grades that put them at the bottom of their classes. And what, what happens is then they're like, oh, I'm going to you know, do on-campus interviewing. Uh, this is great. But unfortunately, they don't get anything when on-campus interviewing comes because their grades are, look horrible compared to everybody else the same employers are interviewing. And the, the law firms just conclude this person doesn't have the smarts or the motivation to do well. We're going to hire someone that does. So you need to have the best grades you can. I mean, 
um, that's just, it's important. You can't mess around. It's not, this is not like part-time uh, law students or, or things. Um, you know, I talked to a guy yesterday that was going to take the Nevada bar three days, hadn't studied, uh, went to Harvard uh, for uh, uh, law school, um, did very well, but um, wants to also work in Nevada. He's in California, didn't study. I don't know that that's a good idea. Same thing with the bar. You need to study really hard for the bar. You can't take any of this stuff casually. You have never made it, by the way. Uh, this is another point. People think they made it when they got into a good college. There's there's people that went to um, top five colleges all over the place. That's all they'll tell you about because that's the only thing they ever did because when they got there, they didn't work hard. Uh, same thing with law schools. Only thing and same thing with working in a big firm. The game never ends. You need to keep working hard. Every step is just an opportunity to work harder and harder. So just because you went to get into a good law school doesn't mean you don't have to work. Um, and so these people get bad grades, never got a job in the summer with a firm, and they started out at the firm careers at a major disadvantage and ended up in careers outside of law school. Uh, I was opening an office in New York, or no, I was hiring more people for an office in New York uh, a decade or so ago. And I was having people come in because there's a lot of people that went to good law schools in New York that aren't working. And um, I was interviewing people from Chicago and all. I, I couldn't believe it. They had never gotten a job. Chicago. I mean, you see this with people even from Yale. I mean, if you don't work hard in law school, that's a problem. And it doesn't work. You, you can never stop. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I could give you examples of this all day, but it doesn't matter where you go to law school. The game never ends. Some people graduate from a top law school and don't do well there, but they manage to get a job with some kind of, you know, decent you know, firm, but not like the top firms. And then they get there and they don't think they have to work either. And then they leave after six months or a year, or they never, I, I know people that, I know one guy graduated from Stanford and uh, just was kind of like, yeah, whatever. I got his first job, passed the bar, failed the bar twice. And then, um, and the firm still didn't fire him because he went to Stanford. And then eventually he wasn't taking his work seriously enough and they fired him, but you have, you never can stop. Um, how hard you will work to get a summer associate job with a major firm is important. Now, it doesn't have to be a major firm. Get a summer associate job at any firm. I don't care. But a lot of firms can't believe that on-campus interviewing is enough for them to get a job offer with a major firm. That's insane. Some firm, schools don't have big on-campus interviewing. Others do. But if you don't get, and you may, there may be things wrong with you. And again, some people interview well. Some people don't. Some people have to learn through more interviews how to interview well. Some people, I, I don't know. I mean, who cares? So if you're not getting a job at your law school, that just means that there's better people uh, that, that they're interviewing. That's what it is. So just because you're not the, you know, you don't look the best at the dance at, if you're at a great law school and don't get a job doesn't mean that you wouldn't get an interview at um, some other firm. Again, some people, uh, I don't want to get into it, but, um, you know, but at a lot of law schools, uh, this is true. So even um, the be- the students at the best law schools have trouble get positions. I remember when I was in law school, um, there were some people that weren't getting jobs. Uh, and it was all because one guy was, I don't know, just very austere. He was dressed in black and had these like black, cl- I mean, it's just kind of this style, I guess you would call it new wave or something back. I don't know what it was. Uh, another girl that dyed her hair purple and uh, another woman that had uh, nose earrings that, you know, I mean, so sometimes it's just because you're not getting it. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that stuff, because right now that probably would be an advantage. Uh, but at the point back then, uh, you know, when you're talking well, decades ago and uh, work, trying to work in a conservative law firm that wasn't going over well, it, w- it would now. 
But uh, the point, I mean, I don't think you have any problem, but people just sometimes don't get jobs. I had one guy I was working with, very sad. Uh, he went to UC Davis and was first in his class, managed to get a job at a law firm, and then decided that it was going to be in his best interest to uh, stop shaving and grow his hair down to his past his um, rear end uh, and wear it like that. And that was not going over well when he wanted a lateral. Another guy that started crying and with me. I actually I hired a driver because he didn't like flying to drive him down from Palo Alto to my office in Los Angeles so I could meet with him. And I told him he had to cut his hair. And I thought he would rip my he- head off because he was so defensive of his hair. It's like, you know how many years it took me to grow this and, and, um, and, and didn't get a job. So the point is, like, there may be some things you're doing that are wrong and you can fix them. But, you know, my advice to law students is you need to get, do whatever you can to get into the best firm you can during your second summer, even if it means applying to every firm in America. That's right. Every firm in America. Because um, if you're a law student, you need to apply everywhere you can to get one of these positions. It doesn't mean emailing all the top law firms, your resume, because you're just competing with people that are probably better than you if, if you're not getting a job uh, right away. And I'm not saying better than you, but better grades, better school, better connections. It means doing whatever you can. You can send letters. You can, I mean, whatever. You need to try to get a job. And if you don't get a position in the summer after your second year, it's going to hurt you because it's going to look like you either didn't try hard enough or that you're not interested in working in a law firm. And again, this is your first test, man. Your first test is what kind of lawyer are you? Are you? What can you do when you're representing yourself? Can you get yourself a position? That's what they're asking. And that's what it shows. If you can't, why would some, why would anybody in their right mind, if there are 35,000 law firms that I work with at BCG, 35,000, come on. Uh, if you can't get yourself a job in one of those, what's going on? Like you, you can't represent yourself effectively. That's a problem. Uh, so you need to be a good attorney. This is what it's about. It's about representing people and helping them out of problems. Well, you've got a problem. This is your first big problem. And all of your evidence is everything you've done uh, up until this point in time. And if you don't do it, they're going to assume something's wrong with you. And you don't want a black mark on your record uh, that's going to follow you throughout your career. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Also, uh, large law firms, like I said, are always going to be reluctant to hire you if you didn't get an associate law firm. They have their choice of who to hire. Um, They get hundreds of applications. Um, So, um, they don't know what you're going to be like. If you go to a law firm in the summer and you get an offer, well, they assume that you met the test and you're, you're law firm quality. If you don't get an offer, well, first of all, if you don't even do that, then they have, you're too much of a risk. Why would you take a risk on someone that's a risk as opposed to not a risk if you have a choice of who to hire? Just this, these are basic like things that people don't understand. Like it's very simple. Like if you were able to work at a law, if, first of all, if you want to work in a law firm, then that shows you want to work in a law firm by the fact that you did it. If you get an offer, that shows them that you that you're probably a, a good risk. Uh, and so these are just simple thoughts that I mean logic that applies. Forces how hard you're going to work when you get a summer job. Uh, I talked a lot last week about the importance of working hard in the summer associate job, but let me just be very clear. 
Uh, not everyone gets offers at summer associate jobs. This summer, by the way, again, this, what I'm going to tell you right now is if you are a law student watching this, this will save your career. This summer, there are not going to be a lot of offers. This is a bad economy. You might be in a class of 15 people and there might be one offer. You might be in a class of 50 people and there might be two offers. So what do you do? Well, what would you do if you were the law firm? The only thing they care about is they care about two things. They want to preserve their relationship with certain schools. But if everybody's not hiring summer associates after they hire them and after the summer, they don't care. I mean, they're going to law firms, law schools still walking back. The most important thing they care about is can they make money off you? So if you're in a summer associate class and everyone's going out and ordering lobster and acting like a big deal and having fun and, um, and you're billing, you know, you bill 60 hours or 80 hours a week and everyone else is billing like 30 or 40 and you just work like crazy, well, you're going to be the one that gets the offer. I mean, who would you hire? One person that works half, twice as hard or one person uh, that thinks that this getting a summer associate job is their opportunity to be rewarded for their success and how important they are? I mean, come on. Like law firms are businesses. So you get a summer associate job, you work like you like like there's no tomorrow because that's the only way you're going to get an offer. And it's especially true this summer. So I just want you to make sure you understand it. It's like that in a law firm too. Who does the law firm keep around during a, a recession? Do they keep around the person that's working 80 hours a week and they're making a lot of money or do they keep around the person that's working 30? What would you do? Would you keep around the person you're making two and a half times as much money from? Uh, and is on partnership track, and or would you keep around the person that's making you one and a half, two and a half times less? Come on, these are basic thoughts and and something you need to understand. And I'm just trying to help you here. So um, not only um, if you don't get an interview, but if you do get a, a summer associate offer, you'll be in a position to interview with more prestigious firms. I saw lots of people at um, my law school that didn't get position. I see it every year. They work at some kind of, you know, little tiny firm over the summer or, or mid-sized firm or whatever. And they, they, they feel badly like, oh, you know, all of my, I'm at a top, T, they call it T14 school. And, and all these people got offers for the summer in big firms. And I only got an offer in this little firm. Oh, I'm so, you know, is my career over? This is literally what I get this questions all the time. Uh, if I were to open my email, like questions to Harrison, th- this is a question I get all the time. I mean, I get it like at least once a week from people um, because they feel, I mean, not once a week, but I mean, a lot. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just from tier 14, it's from every law school. So people feel like if they don't get a offer, the best. Well, here's what happens. If you go to any firm and you do well, law firms and you get an offer, you can go to a bigger firm. Uh, you can get an offer from a major New York or LA firm or whatever. If you get an offer, it doesn't matter the firm if you do well. So just don't give up. Don't give up. If you, you get great second semester grades, get the best first semester grades you can uh, and, and just keep working. But you need to work harder than your peers to get an offer, not make stupid mistakes and be respectful, uh, be likable. Um, and if you don't get an offer, law firms are going to assume that there's something wrong with you uh, because they receive so many applications. They're just going to hire someone um, who's a proven commodity, not you. People do not get offers a lot of times because they don't work hard. They get offers because they get drunk and do things, very stupid things. They get offers because they make passes at people, because they have affairs with other summers during the summer. I mean, no, don't do any of that. You have to be out of your mind. This is not your fun time uh, to a uh, summer associate job. This is, your oppor- this is the most serious test you'll ever have. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. It's senseless. Wow. 
Okay, so early career decisions after law school. These are very important. Um, and these decisions, by the way, start applying to uh, not now we're kind of in the area where these decisions apply to everyone. So this is not just uh, some the decisions that apply to uh, people that are you know, to to law students. But the first one is what geographic uh, market are you going to work in? And the city you choose to work in is unbelievably important. Um, If you choose to work in a smaller market, uh, you're going to have much fewer options if you make mistakes or in your career, um, or you're unhappy with your law firm. It's, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. So sometimes people go to work in small Southern towns, or they go to work in, um, and again, you're going to rise to the level of your peers. And again, there's some really awesome firms in small Southern towns. So I'm just, I'm not bapooing uh, it, and that could be for you. But the point is that uh, most attorneys early in their career will make a lot of mistakes uh, because you're still learning how to get along with other attorneys. You're learning the quality of work. Uh, so it, you need to be very careful about the market you choose. Um, you know, an example would be, you know, great firm in Detroit is, uh, the, the, you know, I wanted, I, I'm from Detroit. So I thought about working in Detroit. One of the best firms there, arguably the best, is a firm called Hahnemann Miller. Just a really cool place in a lot of respects. And, you know, and there's some other great firms there. You've got like Dickinson Wright and Miller Canfield and uh, Plunkett Cooney. And, but, you know, if you want to go to like a really good firm, you go to Hahnemann Miller and, I, you know, people from that firm, uh, and I see it all the time, and uh, they move to from Hahnemann to uh, big firms in New York. And you can do that there uh, from that firm. And, uh, and there's not a lot of firms in Detroit where you can do that, but that firm is well respected. But if you work in a, in a small market, a lot of times like that, and you go to work in you know, some of these other firms that I haven't mentioned, it becomes very difficult to move because it's just very difficult. Once you go to some small markets, um, you know, you're in trouble and there's fewer opportunities to move from other places. And um, you're often going to have, they're often going to have a lot fewer opportunities than larger markets, meaning uh, you're going to have to basically give the, give what they, you know, you're going to have to do what they want of you and you're going to have to take it as it is. And, um, and it's going to be difficult. And, um, you're also not going to be exposed to the biggest clients and, um, and it's going to be harder to move. And there's just a lot of other problems. Now, is that always the case? No, because uh, I move people from small markets to larger markets all the time. It just depends on your practice area. But um, the smaller market is going to generally expose you to uh, less sophisticated matters um, and, and so forth. So, uh, you know, again, I've, I've given this example before. I was reading the biography of uh, Michael Dell. He's, I think, in Austin. Um, he's deciding to take his company public. Uh, lots of good firms in Texas that might have been able to help him with that, but he goes to New York to hire Wachtell or someone to do all this. He doesn't stick around locally. So you want to work on, again, Texas is an awesome market. There's a lot of great things about Texas. You want to get action with the biggest and most important things and be exposed to the most important matters. You're going to have to do it in a big city. So sometimes they say negative things about New York, but really um, for especially transactional work, that's where you want to be. Same thing with Silicon Valley. Um, and when you choose to work in a major city, you're definitely going to be exposed to larger clients, more specialized work. And uh, in the majority of practice, uh, the most sophisticated work from the largest clients goes to the large firms and goes to the law firms in the largest cities. Um, there was a big trade seeker case. That's how Quinn Emanuel became famous uh, that they pitched. Uh, it was called General Motors versus Lopez. It was someone stealing plans from Volkswagen, stealing plans from General Motors. And that was a huge case. Uh, General Motors did not hire a law firm in Detroit to, to fight the case. They hired a law firm in LA, which is Quinn Emanuel. They hired the law firm when it was like 20 attorneys. And the momentum it got from that case blew it up into a 
you know, a, a huge law firm, uh, you know, later on. So uh, most of the time cases go to big, you know, the biggest cases, the biggest matters go to law firms in the biggest cities. If uh, any big firm in, or big company in Michigan or uh, Kansas or whatever uh, has a big matter, it's going to go to firms in big cities most of the time. And uh, having uh, access to the, and again, not always, I'm not trying to own poo-poo, um, you know, these different markets here. I'm not uh, saying that, but usually that's what happens. So uh, a lot of times people want to work in smaller market for lifestyle reasons. However, it's going to ch- chart a course for your career for the rest of your uh, professional life because um, you can become in larger cities. You're going to be exposed to longer hours, which are going to make you more of an expert. You're going to be exposed to bigger matters, which is going to allow you to dive more deeply uh, into matters. You're going to be exposed to uh, more sophisticated work. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons to it. And I'll just uh, I'll briefly discuss this with you because it's such an important task. I don't want to waste too much time on it, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, there's a book by um, you know Malcolm Gladwell that talks about uh, this 10,000-hour rule, uh, people working a long period of time uh, becoming experts. I think he talks about the Beatles uh, getting all this practice. Uh, he talks about professional athletes and other people. The, the more work you get, the better uh, younger in your career, you should not be complaining about it because it's going to make you a better attorney. Uh, the more sophisticated clients you have, what happens is your you, the more sophisticated clients will dive deep more deeply into matters. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. So if you're an attorney at a small firm, your objective is to do the work quickly and to get it out the door. Uh, if you're an attorney or work at the biggest firms, the, the clients will pay anything uh, for the most sophisticated and the deepest work and having uh, work uh, you know, done at a very deep level because the idea is that the deeper people get into the work uh, and the more detail, um, the, the more information that's uncovered and uh, the more the big people with the money are likely to win. And it's true. Uh, big firms win more often. For the judges, big firms trust their work more because they know, I mean, there's just so many advantages. I'm not poo-pooing smaller firms, but uh, it does make a difference. The brand of the firm, the brand of the... All the all this stuff because you get deeper in in bigger cities. Uh, it's like that as well. There was a saying that was kind of interesting in the first financial in the first recession, uh, which was the big one. It was like two thousand one. There was all this uh, dot com uh, IPOs and everything, and then um, and there were New York firms that did them for these companies, and there were uh, also uh, firms in Silicon Valley that did them. And um, and you know again, I'm not Silicon Valley comprises uh, some of my most important clients. I don't want to say bad things about Silicon Valley. I'm talking about 20 plus years ago. Uh, but you know what they what happened is a lot of these deals that were done were done improperly in Silicon Valley because things were just not done at the same level of detail. But the firms in New York, most of them were done properly and held up. So uh, the point is, is that, again, I'm not poo-pooing uh, firms in Silicon Valley, but the, the ones that fell apart a lot of times, meaning that they were documented improperly and quickly. And the, the quality of firm can make a big difference in the training you get. And the and again, a lot of these firms in Silicon Valley were younger at the time. I'm not saying that, that would happen now, uh, but that's just kind of how it was. And uh, there's other factors to consider um, about uh, large cities. 
uh, a lot of times, and I've talked about this in all the webinars, but a lot of people uh, do not stick around uh, in the law firm world. Uh, your odds of making partner are um, uh, much slimmer. Uh, many times attorneys who join law firms in smaller to mid-sized cities uh, are much more likely to be practicing law five to 25 years out uh, than their counterparts who join firms in larger markets. Uh, people in larger markets, in my opinion, uh, die earlier. Uh, they have more uh, psychological uh, substance abuse, uh, all those sorts of uh, problems. So uh, this is not um, all positive. Uh, most of the time uh, when they join big markets, especially in New York and uh, places, Silicon Valley and places, they do not, a lot of them do not stick with the practice of law because um, they're so shell-shocked from the experience uh, or they become very status conscious and they don't want to work. And I mean, there's all sorts of problems. Uh, large firms and larger markets tend to have fewer opportunities for advancements uh, because they're so much more competitive and um, they scare off attorneys from law firms compared to those in smaller markets. But again, you know, what if you were in uh, law school or college and and you thought, well, you know, making partner looked like getting into either Stanford or, you know, some other great law school. Well, uh, that's not to say that you're and you don't and you apply and you don't get in. Well, that's not to say that you're not going to be successful in the practice of law. That's insane. I mean, if you were up, for, if you felt even confident enough to apply to Stanford when you were in uh, college, then you're probably going to be a freaking awesome attorney just because you don't get this just because you don't make partner at Skadden Arps or something. I mean, come on. Uh, so th- it's just uh, but this is what happens. And I see a lot of people in New York. Uh, and it's very sad, uh, drop out of the law, because these are the best attorneys a lot of times because they're given so much work and pressure in these really um, fantastic environments that bring out very good legal skills. Uh, they often will drop out of the law firm world uh, after uh, working incredibly hard hours for years compared to attorneys in smaller markets um, who stick with it uh, because the practice of law for them is bearable. So that's that's kind of the option. Uh, I tell the story all the time. Clerked in a, a, and when I clerked in... Um, Clerked in a, a, for a federal judge in a place called Bay City, Michigan. There were a lot of young attorneys that were starting at firms around there in Midland and Bay City and Saginaw at the time. Uh, I was doing the clerkship. I met them. Uh, years later, I looked them up. Most of them, almost all of them, were still at the same firms they were in when I was clerking compared to uh, when I started playing, joining firms in L.A., uh, everyone's in different firms. I mean, no one's stuck with it. They're all out of practice of law. So there are some benefits uh, to definitely to working in smaller markets uh, and it could save your career. And if you'd like practicing law, it could actually make you very happy. Uh, so again, I'm not pooing smaller markets, but these ge- geographic markets uh, will often mean the difference between continuing to practice law or becoming a better attorney or being happy. Practice. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of calculuses and this is the point where you're hopefully ad- absorbing this knowledge and understanding what that means for your career. If you're in a large market right now, it doesn't mean you need to go in-house in New York City. Again, most people do not want to live in New York City their entire careers. They move. Uh, you can go to a smaller market. You can do all sorts of things. Uh, but uh, just because you're in a big firm now doesn't mean you need to do the rest of your career. You're probably going to be happier in a small. I mean, these are all decisions that you need to make. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 